She's a business mogul. Number one. And wellness expert. How can I help? And now Chantel Ray and her amazing guests are here to guide you on your wellness journey. Time to level up. Welcome to the Waste Away Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. And we do have Sandy Gascon on the show. And it's funny because she had told me before that her name is French and people have a hard time pronouncing it. And I want to tell you, Sandy, that I took French for five years in school. And the only phrase that I can say is, je ne sais pas parce qu'il y a un autre problème, which means I don't know because I have another problem and it makes no sense. But don't you think I sound really good saying it? Yeah, you do sound really good saying it. You got the accent down. And my name is French, but honestly, I, I can understand French, but I don't speak it. And I butcher half of the French names myself, but um, you did a really good job. That is funny. Well, today we are going to be talking about fasting. We're going to be talking about parasites. We're going to be talking about gut health and so much more. So one of the things that I want you to talk about, Sandy, is what are some of the kind of do's and don'ts with fasting? Like some things where people kind of just got it wrong and things that you've seen where they've just not done it the right way. Yeah. So the thing with fasting, and I don't really use it with clients right away. I find that when somebody is presenting with chronic illness, their body is already in a stress state. And if we start to fast, we are putting our body in a state of breakdown. Now, there's definitely some circumstances where I would use it right away. But usually with my clients, what I like to do is the rebuilding and rebalancing phase. So first, we run some labs. We look at an organic acids test, full blood panel. I look at people's genetics. We look at a Dutch test. And we really want to get support on board for the body. So that's neurotransmitters, adrenals, sex hormones detox pathways, mitochondria, everything needs to be supported first. And then if we're going to do some fasting for certain reasons, then we want to really honor the body and and do it properly. Because what I see with people who are doing fasting without putting the support on board is that they end up going into um, a lot of adrenal dysfunction. So I, I don't love to use the word adrenal fatigue because more often than not, it isn't adrenal fatigue that people are seeing. It's a dysfunction. And we see that on the Dutch test where um, free cortisol levels are low, but metabolized cortisol is quite high due to inflammation. So they feel tired, but their adrenals are working, but the body is breaking it down into cortisone uh, for inflammation. So when we're fasting, we want to use it for certain reasons. We don't just want to think, okay, I need to drop weight. So I'm going to fast. Um, we want to look at, okay, why am I not able to lose weight? Why am I, um, you know, exercising and doing these things, right? Eating well, and the weight's not coming off. And if we just go to fasting, then more often than not, we're going to cause more of those imbalances. So we want to look at the imbalances. And when it comes to being, um, you know, having weight that you're having trouble losing, we might have thyroid issues. We might have sex hormone imbalances, mitochondrial dysfunction. A lot of times there is a big toxic burden and the body is storing toxins and fat. So before we just start to fast and force the body to lose weight, we need to make sure that all these areas are addressed. 
So one of the things that you have on your website is about elimination diets. And I feel like it's so funny because my mom and I got into a conversation the other day and you know how there's all these articles out and they're like, don't eat this and don't eat that. And you shouldn't have this and you shouldn't have that. And literally it's like, it has gotten to the point where it's like, you just can't eat anything because you can find an article that'll tell you, you know, don't eat that, don't eat this. And it gets overwhelming. So I want to hear what your opinion is on the elimination diet and, and expand on that. Yeah. So when you, when we say the elimination diet, most people it's eliminating a food and seeing if you have a positive health um, results. So say I take out a food that I think is triggering my body and then I start to feel better. So that is generally the elimination diet. And it's really hard to gauge your symptoms based on just one or two foods. So you could be going out and you could um, be exposed to mold, you could be exposed to dust, and then you're associating your symptoms that day with what you ate. And it's really, really hard to do these correlations. Now, when it comes to online with all these different fad diets that are out there, and I totally agree, everybody's going to tell you something different. You're going to see one article saying, don't eat fat and don't eat meat. And then the, uh, a lot of the newer ones are saying, let's go carnivore. So there's so much contradiction out there. And what we really need to do is instead we want to tune into our bodies. We're all different and we want to see, really find the right balance for us. So personally, I've probably done almost every single diet out there. I haven't done keto because that came after I jumped off of the uh, crazy diet bandwagon that I had followed for many years, but I've tried eliminating so many different things. And what I found is we really just need to focus on whole foods, um, eat as clean as possible. We want to really reduce our toxins and we want to work on all these other areas of our body. Because if we clear up our detox pathways, if we really work on our gut, we should be able to tolerate a lot more foods. And it, it doesn't mean go and eat a standard American diet and eat junk all day, but we should be able to do that in some moderation while eating a really um, clean diet most of the time and focusing on giving our body proper tools to heal based on our test results. I wanted to ask you guys, how is your sleep? Did you know that there's one phase of sleep that literally everyone fails to get enough of? And that is responsible for your body's daily rejuvenation, its repair, its controlling of hunger, its weight loss hormones, boosting energy, and so much more. I'm talking about deep sleep. I have an aura ring and I actually check what my deep sleep is every day. But if you don't get enough deep sleep, you're probably always going to struggle with cravings, metabolism, premature aging, and even worse conditions. A big reason is magnesium deficiency. Did you know that over 80% of the population is deficient in magnesium? It's insane. It plays such a big role in your body's stress response and so much more. Before you just go out and buy a magnesium supplement, it's really important to understand most magnesium products are synthetic or they only have one or two forms of magnesium when in reality your body needs all seven forms. So 
I recommend a product called Bio Optimizers. It is called Magnesium Breakthrough. It is literally, I'm taking it every single night, like every night. I love it. It's the best one out there. And you can actually get 10% off that Magnesium Breakthrough. It is the best aid I know for boosting deep sleep. Go to magbreakthrough.com slash waste away and make sure you use the code waste away so you can get 10% off. Let's talk about the Dutch test. Uh, it sounds like you're a fan of it. It's so funny because I've, I think I've done it twice. I just got another one in the mail. A friend of mine is a functional medicine doctor here locally. And I told her about a few issues I was having. She's like, let's get you on a Dutch test. And I was like, okay, so I just got it. So describe what someone does when they get the Dutch test and how accurate you think that is. And is that one of your favorite tests? Yeah, it's definitely one of my favorite tests. It's in, um, I start with organic acids, blood work and genetics first, because I find when we're running the Dutch, we're looking at adrenals and we're looking at sex hormones. And what I've found is that if we work on other areas of the body, oftentimes our hormones and our adrenals will balance themselves. So it just means less supplements that we have to take. But for sure, um, in my program, we do the rebuilding and rebalancing first, and that includes the Dutch before we go to do gut work and heavy metals uh, detoxification, because that in itself is stressful. So we want the body to be as well supported as possible. So when you get the Dutch, you're looking at your hormones and your adrenals. Um, for men, they can take it at any time of the month. For women, you are looking at taking it day 19 to day 21 of a 28 to 30 day cycle. So if you're having irregular cycles, you really do have to test for ovulation, find out when you're ovulating and make sure that you're timing the, the test right. People who are postmenopausal are able to take it at any time of the month. Um, and then you basically just avoid the foods that they tell you to avoid. And um, you pee on the little pieces of paper at certain times a day. And that is sent off to the lab once it dries. Um, I definitely find it is the most accurate test that we have out there because it is looking and showing us the metabolites. Whereas when we look at hormones through blood work or saliva, it's just showing us the free levels, that moment in time, and it's not giving us a full picture. So when we look at the Dutch, we're seeing the free levels, but we're also seeing how our body breaks down our hormones, how our body um, is breaking down cortisol, and it shows us a full picture of our adrenals and our sex hormones and our detoxification pathways for our sex hormones, which is just as important as our free levels. So do you feel like, cause I think the results, isn't it like 35 different hormones, like your estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, DHEA, cortisol, and like, you know, just a ton of like other things. Yeah, they, they have a lot. They have um, your, your breakdown of your estrogens. They show you how you're methylating your estrogens. They show you the breakdown of your androgens, your male hormones. And then they do have some organic acids markers. So those are a few of the markers that we see on the organic acids test. The organic acids test is much more in depth when it comes to looking at the different organic acids. And that's showing us like neurotransmitter metabolites and oxalates and mitochondria. So a really great test itself. And then the Dutch is just showing you a few, like your glutathione marker. Um, it's showing you your B6, your B12, uh, your dopamine metabolites, your melatonin and oxidative stress marker. So those are the ones that, that the Dutch covers. 
So do you have to do it at a certain time of the month? Did you say? Yeah. So for cycling females, it needs to be done uh, day 19 to 21 of a 28 to 38 day cycle. If your cycles are abnormal, you do need to be checking your ovulation. Okay. And um, what if someone did it and they didn't do it during that time? It's just the results won't be as accurate. Well, there is not telling you anything. So you need to know what part of the cycle you're in. So with, with women, uh, when we're cycling, our estrogen, our progesterone levels are going to be different at different times of the month. So if you're testing on day 12, we should see your estrogen higher, your progesterone is going to be low um, because you're getting ready to ovulate. Now, when we're looking at day 19 to day 21, we should see estrogen being lower. We should see progesterone being higher. Um, So it's just giving us an indication. If you're working with a practitioner and you did it on a different day, they could be running a Dutch test on a different day to test something else. But usually we would use something called the Dutch cycle map. And that's testing you throughout the entire month. Let's talk about healing your thyroid. I know you talk about that and how to heal your thyroid naturally. What are some things that you've done and seen in people where they really have been? Have you seen people be able to get off of thyroid medicine altogether? So it really depends on what's going on. Normally, once you start um, the thyroid medication, you do normally have to stay on it. But um, with my clients, I normally have them transition from, if they're doing something like levothyroxine, I have them transition onto natural desiccated thyroid, um, get the dose to be right. Because most people, they're not properly testing their thyroid when they do have thyroid issues. They're not taking into account when they're taking their medication. So most people do not have optimal thyroid levels, even on medication. So it's incredibly important to be testing properly at the right times. For the majority of people, they don't convert the level thyroxine into free thyroid hormone. So when they go to their doctor, their doctor is only running TSH and they're taking level thyroxine and the doctor sees, okay, look, your your TSH is going down. It's in a better range, so it must be working. And if we actually run a full thyroid panel, then we see that people are not converting the level thyroxine into free T3 and they're still in a a hypothyroid state. So it's really important um, to run it properly. And the thing with level thyroxine, it's only taken once a day. And normally to properly balance the thyroid, you're going to be taking natural desiccated thyroid two to three times a day. And when we run our labs, we like to kind of see where you are at the eight hour mark. Because when you take your natural desiccated thyroid, your levels are going to go up and then they're going to start to go down. And if you're only taking it once a day, you're basically on a roller coaster where you take your dose, it spikes and then you drop and then it spikes and you drop. And we want to kind of have a little spike and then a level out and then a little spike and a level out where we're taking our medications. So we can really fine tune um, the thyroid gland and really make sure that it's functioning um, optimally with our uh, with help from the natural desiccated thyroid. Uh, the other thing that's really important to think about is your um, your thyroid antibodies. So it's really good to get that tested if you're having any thyroid issues. And if you do have high antibodies, then getting on natural desiccated thyroid also will help bring those antibodies down. 
because in essence, we're giving the body thyroid hormones and the body will then shut off production. That's actually what we want so that the body will stop attacking the thyroid gland. And um, it's it's really important to run the labs for that reason. And we also want to look at uh, reverse T3 levels, because if somebody has really high reverse T3 levels, then something like natural desiccated thyroid is probably not going to work. The body is saying we have enough thyroid hormone. We don't want this much thyroid hormone. We're inactivating it. And then the reverse T3 levels go up. And no matter how much thyroid hormone you give somebody, um, it's not going to um, bring that down unless you're really doing a reverse T3, uh, I mean, a, a T3 flush. And that does need to be done with a medical doctor. So the thyroid itself is quite complex and it starts with everybody to start running labs. It's so, so important um, that that's what you're doing. I discuss all the optimal um, values. There's actually a chart on all the optimal ranges in my book, Heal Yourself. Um, and you want to get the labs there and you want to look and compare to your levels because most of the time when you're going to a doctor, they're going to run these, they're going to run labs for you. And they're going to tell you that you're fine, but you're not, you're not in the norm. You're not in the optimal range. You're in the normal range, which is based off of an incredibly unhealthy population. So it's really important. Run your labs. Um, with the thyroid itself, I usually start to work on the rest of the body first, because in order for your thyroid to function, your detox pathways need to be functioning, your um, sex hormones, your adrenals, your neurotransmitters, your nutrient levels, they all need to be supported in order for the thyroid to function properly. So I test the thyroid right away, um, but then I like to get on the foundation support based on the, on the testing. And then if needed um, before gut work, if we're still seeing the thyroid not where we need to be, then I would, I would consider adding in some natural desiccated thyroid. Hey guys, I'd love for you guys to listen to a podcast that we did about the side effects from wine and the differences between natural wine and traditional wine. So go to chantelrayway.com slash wine and you'll see transcripts, you'll see some different episodes, but here's the thing. You can get your penny bottle now of dry farm wines and make the decision that if you're gonna have wine to make sure you have the most natural, healthy wine in the world with no added additives, only natural ingredients. All the other wines out there have so much sulfate, so much sugar. Why put that poison in your body? So get your penny bottle now at chantelrayway.com slash wine. Mm, all right. Well, let's, I have a really good thyroid question here. It's from Jackie De Silva in Little Rock, Arkansas. Thanks to your podcast, I'm feeling better than I ever have. I wanted to share something that I've done when I went to go see my doctor. My doctor has now divided my dose to twice a day to spread the effect of T3 in a natural desiccated thyroid to keep up my energy throughout the day. I take half of my dosage first thing in the morning when I wake up and the other half in the afternoon, several hours apart from the food, supplements, and medications. A lot of doctors do the free T4 and free T3. I don't totally understand reverse T3. 
I heard you have talking about it on the podcast, but I'd like for you to expand on it again. I do think I understand free T4, and that means how much T4 is in your system. Free T3 is how much T3 is available in your system. Is that right? I just need to totally understand the reverse T3. And if you can explain what would be your favorite levels on all of these, I'm feeling so much better. I'm so grateful. Thank you, Jackie De Silva. Awesome that she's doing better. So when it comes to the reverse T3, it's basically your body is taking um, the, the active free T3 and inactivating it. It's saying we're under stress. We don't want to have this much thyroid hormone and it, it does inactivate it. So we, we want to see reverse T3 under 15. And anytime it starts creeping up over 15, the body is saying we have too much, too much hormone. So we want to work on what's causing the stress on the body. And normally we're going to see um, heavy metals. We're going to see toxic burden. We're seeing emotional stress or we're seeing pathogens, whether it's in the gut or systemically. And that's stressing the body out. So the body is inactivating the thyroid hormone. So you want to address those things also. Really great that your doctor put you on the twice a day because it's, it definitely works much better. Um, and then when you run your labs, what you want to do to see if you're in optimal range is you would either do it in the morning before you take your morning dose or you would take it, you would go and get your labs done in the afternoon before you take your afternoon dose. So you would kind of be seeing how much is in my system before I take my next dose. Um, it's really cool when we, when we do some of this thyroid testing inquiry and we can run a lab right after somebody takes their medication to see, okay, how much is it spiking? And then we can run it at the eight hour mark and see, okay, how much is left at eight hours? And you can actually build yourself a chart to see how well your thyroid hormone is working. Um, and you can plot all of the different numbers on it, but it sounds like you're definitely on the right track. I would, if your reverse T3 is, is it's high creeping up above 15, then you're going to want to do some deeper digging in to why versus um, you might not be able to make too much changes with your medication until you do that. So I want you to talk a little bit about how the reason why you need to take T3 if you're, if you're taking, you know, a medicine that has T4 and T3, like a natural desiccated thyroid of how long does T4 stay in your body and how long T3 stays in your body. And the reason why you have to take it twice a day, because I think that is really like a hidden gem that people don't realize. Cause they're like, Oh yeah, I'm doing really good. And then by the other half of the day, they're like, I'm just in meltdown mode. Yeah. So with the natural desiccated thyroid, you're actually getting all the thyroid hormones. So it's very different. It's showing it, it, it's giving the body everything and saying here, do with it what you need to do. Now I could give you, um, a, one grain of NDT twice a day. If say you're using something like armor, um, and I can give 10 other people, the exact same dose, and we can chart what their thyroid's doing and everybody would be different. So it's what the body is doing with the medication and everybody is going to use it differently. So some people will inactivate it and the reverse G3 will go up. Some people will uh, break it down slower and need less. Some people will break it down really quickly and need more. And that's why it's important to run the labs uh, and find the right dose for you. And the majority of people, I find they do a lot better with the NDT. Some 
some people, um, they go to doctors and their doctor might give them T4 uh, and T3 separately. So they might get that as a prescription versus natural desiccated thyroid, which is um, basically ground up thyroid gland. Now, Personally, I usually use over-the-counter options. I like Thyrogold and Thyrovance. Um, I find a lot of people react to the fillers in Armor and um, Nature Thyroid. I find people will can often have reactions to them. And many times they're a formulation changes and all of a sudden people stop doing well on them. So um, that's always something to keep in mind. Um, the, the medication that you're using is going to be uh, different. The amount of fillers is going to be different. Uh, that's why I tend to use the um, over-the-counter options that I've had really good success with my clients with. All right. This is from Trisha in Spring Grove, Pennsylvania. Hello. I've been listening to your podcast for a few weeks now and love it. Thanks so much for all the information. I fully committed to OMAD for a month now and I've lost eight pounds. I open up my eating window between 1 and 2 p.m. and close it at 6 p.m. Two weeks ago, I joined the local Planet Fitness, not for weight loss, but just more muscle. I work out in a fasted state around 7 a.m. Years ago, I lost 20 pounds doing beach body workouts and my body would be sore from the workouts pretty consistently. Um, she goes on a little bit and then she says, now I is IF the reason my body is recovering quickly and I'm not getting sore. Thanks so much and looking forward to hearing your thoughts. So basically she's saying, you know, she used to do, you know, beach body workouts and she was getting sore every time she was doing it. And she's saying like, was it because of the workouts or she's like, but now she's doing fasting and she's working out kind of just the same, but she's not getting sore. Do you think that the intermittent fasting is the reason that her body's recovering so quickly and her not getting sore? Yeah. So fasting does increase your cortisol levels and your endorphin levels. So oftentimes when your endorphins are higher, that's your natural pain reliever. So you're not going to be feeling um, as much as what is happening if you're not fasting. A lot of people, when you're in a fasted state, you feel really good, you're, you're feeling clear. And that's that dopamine endorphin mix that's happening as the body is putting in a state of catabolism. So it is in a state of breakdown. Um, and the other thing that can happen when you give your body a period of rest from eating, it has all this extra energy to use and it can clear a lot of the toxic byproducts that are produced when we're working out. So I would just make sure you're really supporting your body, um, run some labs, make sure you're getting the proper nutrient support on board and be monitoring the adrenals with a Dutch. Because what can happen is when you're in a fasted state, again, the endorphins are up, the um, your dopamine levels are up and your cortisol levels are up. So you're, you're constantly making the adrenals work harder. And we just wanna make sure that they're really well supported and not going into to the opposite where the adrenal function starts to go down. Um, and we want to, we really want to look at that because if the endorphins are high and the dopamine is still high, you're not going to feel that start to go down until everything starts to get too depleted. So just make sure if you're working out in a fasted state that you are really supporting your body, you're running the proper labs, um, getting the proper nutrients on board, 
And you're checking a Dutch every three to six months to make sure that your adrenals are handling it well. Okay. And can you kind of talk a little bit more about some do's and don'ts? So like things that you're like, let's say somebody is doing really well, they're doing well on fasting. Maybe I'm hearing a lot of people saying, you know, I've lost a lot of weight doing fasting and they're like, I've got 10 or 15 more pounds to go. And they can't seem to get that last 10 or 15 off. And so I want you to speak to that of like, what is it that they can do to kind of get that last 10 or 15 off? Yeah. And that's looking at, again, why is the body holding onto the weight, right? So if you're, you're forcing the weight loss and you haven't worked on your detox pathways, the body can be like, Whoa, you know, there's a lot of toxins in this fat. We don't want to release it right now. So you might need to be doing some liver flushes to flush things out. You might need to be checking your genetics, really making sure that uh, methylation is supported. uh, You're on the proper nutrient support. Um, that's a really big reason. And then if you're really working really hard, working out really hard and fasting a lot, again, you want to check your thyroid function. You want to check your adrenals. You want to check your sex hormones. Cause oftentimes what happens is when you get started, the body's like, yes, this is great. We can do this. And then over time you kind of flatline and the body's like, this is, this is now getting too stressful for me. And that's when you want to make sure that those three areas are really, really well supported. Hey guys, I really want you to join our Intermittent Fasting and OMAD Facebook group. We're doing tons of giveaways right now for posting your before and after pictures and just for posting a question in there. We're giving away free protein shakes, some digest aid, all kinds of fun stuff. So please join our Intermittent Fasting and OMAD Facebook group. The link is in the show notes. All right. This next podcast is from Jenny and we don't know where she's from. She said, I heard about Dr. Hilda's gadget on your podcast. I bought it and I just don't totally understand how to use it. It came with no instructions. I'm a hundred percent convinced that I have parasites, but I'm not a hundred percent sure how to get rid of them. Thoughts, Jenny. So what I like to do is with my clients, after they've really done the rebuilding phase, I run labs. So I get a biofilm buster on board. I really love the the supplement Fibrenza. I have them do that for two weeks. And after that's on board, then we run a para wellness test. And sometimes I'll run a GI map at the same time. And that's going to show us what parasites are there. And more so, it's not, not even the parasites. Parasites are pretty easy to get rid of. It's the protozoa. And so those are like microscopic parasites. And you want to see what's there. And then you're going to need to use some antimicrobials. Um, so black walnut, wormwood, um, there's a lot of, um, like artemisia, clove, those things you're going to get on, um, some antimicrobials for a good three months and alternate them every month to really get rid of those protozoa. Personally, um, I've had clients come to me after using, um, Dr. Hilda Clark's, um, what is it called? They're, they're, the name of it, um, the zapper. The zapper. It's called the zapper. Zapper. Yeah. zapper. Um, and we still find protozoa. So um, it may it might clear up some of the bigger 
parasites, but you want to get the, the microscopic ones. A lot of them can cause some autoimmune issues. They, they do put a lot of stress on the body. So it's important to, to tackle those, but they are going to require some more in-depth protocols. And you really want to be on a biofilm buster the entire time because you can get the free levels, the ones that are just floating around, but the ones that are stuck in a biofilm, they are tougher to get rid of. And they do take a good amount of time. Um, and, and proper antimicrobials. Mm. All right. This next one is from Matt from Brooklyn, New York. I've been doing great on weight loss with fasting. I have one major issue and that is I'm extremely constipated at all times, any thoughts on how to improve. And I love this because everyone knows I talk on the podcast a lot. Like I definitely have constipation issues. And so I can definitely relate to this with you. I will tell you personally, um, I have found from, um, bio optimizers, um, they have a magnesium out there and it is amazing. And I am in love with it. And I will tell you, I actually ran out of it for a day, uh, like two days. And, um, I didn't sleep as well. And norm I'm like a great, great sleeper. And I didn't sleep great that night. And then in addition, it really, really helps with your bowel movement. So I will just inject that portion into it. And it is in my opinion, the best magnesium out there. And the reason is, is because it has like seven different forms of magnesium all in one pill. And you don't want to sit there and be like taking like seven different um, magnesiums. That's for sure. And um, so you can go on and get 10% off. If you go to magbreakthrough.com slash waste away, or I think magbreakthrough.com slash Chantel Ray, it doesn't matter. Um, but used waste away or Chantel Ray, either one will work for 10% off. But I will tell you for me, if I don't do that, if I don't take that magnesium every single night, I will have a problem. So I will just put that out there for me personal, personally, Sandy, what, what is it for you? Yeah, I agree. Definitely. Magnesium is going to be the easiest, quickest remedy. It's um, normally not going to fix the cause, but it will get things moving. And whenever we're depleted in magnesium, our body is going to absorb more from the gut. We're going to get more constipated. So I agree do up to bowel tolerance of, um, of magnesium. Some people require a lot more. Some people require a lot less under times of stress. We require a lot more. So for me, I normally do about 400 milligrams of magnesium bisglycinate every day. Um, some forms of magnesium like taurate, if somebody has, um, issues with sulfur, then that will cause, that can cause a problem. Um, so different people do better on different forms of magnesium, but I would definitely realize that when you're under stress, you need more. Like for me, average 400 milligrams a day. When I'm under stress, like when I had, uh, I had a virus a few months ago, I was doing up to 1600 milligrams of magnesium at night and mm. my body just needed it. And as soon as I felt better, I was able to go back down to 200, 400 milligrams a day. So getting it up, 
um, is really important to have those levels supported and then get tested for SIBO because more often than not, and not hydrogen, it's methane SIBO causes constipation, hydrogen sulfides, uh, SIBO causes a sulfur smelling gas and hydrogen SIBO causes diarrhea. So, um, most people who are suffering from chronic constipation do have some methane SIBO going on and the, um, it's causing the constipation. I think also your thyroid. So like for me, I know that when my thyroid is not on track, that's also a big thing. So I would get your thyroid check because if your thyroid levels are not right, then you are not going to be in a good place for constipation. Let's talk a little bit about candida. Um, So that is something I know for me personally, I have, it is like, I don't, I've struggled with it for a long, long time. And I, I don't know that I'll always, any, the only way that I know that I would get rid of it is if I'm really committed to not eating any fruit at all for the rest of my life and committed to not eating bread or carbs or, you know, just basically like being basically on a perfect, perfect diet, which I am not able to commit to doing. (laughs) So let's talk about candida and what you've seen that people can still be able to live halfway normal, but be able to get rid of it. Yeah. So when you say like, when people say, okay, I have an issue with candida more often than not, it's either not candida. It's something else causing the symptom. Um, So what do you associate when you say you're having an issue with candida? So for me, I have a lot of skin issues. So psoriasis. And so, you know, I have some like right here and a little bit on my forehead and most of the naturopath doctors that I've talked to is they've said that that is really yeast in my gut. And there's, so that is a big thing for me, you know, to try to get rid of, but I know that even if I try to go like a week or so without having any sugar or anything like that. It doesn't, it's not like it completely goes away. It might get a little bit better, but I just, I'm, that's what I'm assuming it is, is. Yeah. And that's, the and problem. I crave a lot of sugar too. Yeah. I'm always well, craving we all do. Sugar. It's, it's sugar, sugar is a drug. So it lights up some pretty cool places in our brain when we eat it. But that's the, the, the whole correlating symptoms with a cause when really like I, I run thousands of tests every year and I can tell you that the majority of people come to me because candida is such a big, I, I don't want to call it bad right now, but it's, it's a big focus of practitioners. So every symptom seems to be caused by candida. So people think they have candida, they're focused on yeast. And when really we start to run labs, we're seeing that the yeast levels are really not that high. Um, and the symptoms themselves are normally caused by something else. So if you're having a lot of skin issues, that to me says detox pathways. Whenever anything is coming from our skin, we want to look at our detox pathways. And it can definitely be dysbiosis in the gut. Um, And sometimes people do have higher yeast levels, but I would confirm that on an organic acids test, 
I would confirm that on a GI map. Um, but more often than not, the levels are low. Uh, if they are high, then we want to work on other causes. So yeast only overgrows in the body when the immune system is not keeping it in check. So we want to ask yourself, why is our immune system not keeping it in check? And it's not sugar, because if you take yeast and you want it to grow, um, it, it can actually feed off of anything. It feeds off of heavy metals. It feeds off of um, fat. People going into ketosis, they're feeding yeast. So thinking that you need to cut out sugar is really um Something that has been a lot really misleading. Um, people thought that was the, the way to do it. And now we're really learning that, okay, that's not actually what we need to do because, hey, ketones feed yeast. So what are we going to do? Starve ourselves? No, we want to work at getting the immune system stronger. And we do that by reducing all the other stress on the body. So we want to reduce other pathogens, um, the, the ones that are not supposed to be there, like protozoa, um, we want to reduce heavy metals. They're not supposed to be there. Uh, we want to reduce our toxic burden because it is high. It is sky high right now with the way our world is and society is. So we want to reduce that. And we want to reduce our emotional stress because all of that is going to take a toll on the body and then yeast is going to overgrow. And I have seen people who have done the candida diet for years and it their symptoms don't go away and they're stuck and bound to it because now they've put themselves into such a hypersensitive state because they're not eating barely anything. So their body now becomes reactive to everything that it's uh, you're putting into it. And then not only that, because they've been putting themselves on such a strict diet, they're really cutting out a lot of nutrients. So now we're seeing more issues with detoxification pathways. We're seeing more histamine issues and it normally was never the yeast that was the problem. Yeast is a result of everything else that's going on in the body. Mm, I love that. One of the things that I I heard you say as you were talking about the detoxification pathways. And so you're right, like a major way our bodies keep us healthy is through that built-in mechanism designed to filter out all those harmful chem chemicals that we're on all the time. And it's like you said, it's getting worse and worse. Yeah. And that's what helps us eliminate what we don't need. And there's five major organs for elimination. So we've got our skin, our lungs, our kidney, our colon, and our liver. So for me, let's just talk about this for a second. Cause like I get frustrated because I feel like I am, you know, my friends all call me vanilla apple pie because I go to bed at eight 45 every night. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do drugs. <laughs> I am like, I do cryotherapy like four times a week. I do the red light therapy like four times a week. I do the sauna. I work out five days a week. I eat organic. I mean, it's just like, do you see what I'm saying? So it's like, but yet I can't get rid of this skin issue. And it's still, it's a major problem. And so what you just said there is like, okay, so what else could I do? Cause it's like, look, I'm doing the sauna five days a week, maybe, you know, four every once in a while I do the cryotherapy. I am working out five days a week. I am eating healthy. So it's like, what, like if those are the five ways that we have detoxification, 
in our body, what is it that possibly could be going on? Yeah. And so you're thinking about the, the organs of detox, detoxification. You're not looking at the phases. So inside every cell, our, our cells have the ability to detoxify through different phases. We have phase one, phase two, and phase three. So phase one is using something called CYP enzymes, where it's either adding water, add, taking away water. It, it does these different reactions to start the detoxification process. And yeah, so phase one is bioactivation, right? Yeah, so through our CYP enzymes. Now, phase two has seven subphases, and they all need to be functioning properly. And so that's where we see glucuronidation, we see sulfation, we see sulfoxidation, we see methylation, we see amino acid conjugation. So all of these pathways need to be supported with proper supplements. So no matter how many flushes you do, how many saunas you do, you are not addressing phase one and you are not addressing phase two. So phase three is the elimination of the toxins. Once they went through phase one and phase two, they need to be eliminated. And that's where it comes through your colon, but that needs to go through bile. So you need to have your bile flow really good. Um, that's your kidneys. That's your skin. Um, technically, yes, it would be your lungs, though that's not an efficient way. And our skin is not an efficient way to be removing toxins. It should be happening through our kidneys and our bile flow out through our colon. So those are the most efficient ways. Yes, we do support um, the other ways, but what people miss, and I, I get all these People, oh, I'm working on my liver. I'm taking milk thistle. And uh, no, that's that's not it. For a lot of people, they should not be taking milk thistle. And that's where we run our genetics and we look at our CYP mutations. We look, do I have a fast phase one detox? Do I have a slow phase one detox? You know, where what are the issues with all of my phase two pathways? Do I need to support um, glucuronidation? So somebody would see that as high bilirubin levels on their blood work. Um, what does my methylation pathway look like? And, and people get really focused on MTHFR, but that's such a tiny piece of the methylation puzzle. So we need to be running some further labs to investigate what our actual phase one and phase two detox pathways need. And then we also do, we want to, we want to support phase three. Mm. So what have you seen are kind of like the best supplements that well, I guess you'd first have to do the labs to see kind of what they they're missing maybe. Right. Exactly. Cause somebody like me, like I have um, a double mutation on the CYP enzyme called one, uh, a two. And that means I can't take turmeric. And before I knew my genetics, I was taking a ton of turmeric because people think it's anti-inflammatory. But what I was in essence doing is I was shutting off that enzyme. So I was slowing down phase one even more. Now there's people who have really fast phase ones and they need to slow down phase one. So that's where we would use those um, supplements, but we do need to run our genetics. And I, I go over this in like super depth in depth in the appendix of my book, Heal Yourself. I go over um, some basic mutations that are really important to look at. You can run your 23andMe and you can put it into the reader. I tell you what readers to use. And then you use the information in the book to see, okay, these are the supplements 
that I should be using versus just guessing. And most people are guessing wrong. I can say that when I see clients, they come to me with a whole list of supplements and I take a look at their testing and I'm just cross, cross, cross. Nope. That's not for you. That's funny. Um, I've been hearing a lot about, it's something called SAM to SAH, your, your, the ratio of those two. Have you, do you know anything about that? Yeah. So the ratio of SAMe to SAH. So when we're looking at the methylation cycle and for a lot of people, um, this is a really confusing part of genetics. And I actually have the pathway in the back of my book. So you can see how the body is converting. It's, it's, if if we're drawing a circle, um, it's a circle. So there's no start or finish, but it takes methionine. It converts it into SAMe. SAMe is actually what donates the methyl group. So the methyl group, uh, the body attaches on to different substances, toxins, hormones, and that's how it changes it and breaks it down. So that's where methylation happens. And then from SAMe, it goes to SAH. And then from SAH, it goes to homocysteine. And from homocysteine, it needs to go back into methionine. And there's there's two different pathways it can take. Um, and homocysteine can also go down into transsulfuration. And that's where we produce glutathione um, and taurine and sulfate. So it's actually important to kind of see the entire puzzle, right? Your ratio of SAMe to SAH is not going to give you that much information unless you know the other mutations in the cycle. So it is more in depth, but it is really fun to study. And when you start looking at this methylation pathway and understanding your body and how your methylation pathway works, you can really biohack your supplements to make sure that it is really flowing smoothly and working at optimal levels. So if someone comes to you and they say, okay, I need help. I need to figure out what are the different tests that you put them through kind of right away? Right off the bat, we're going to run organic acids. We're going to run a full blood panel, um, and that's checking. Uh, I, I do the CMP, uh, the complete metabolic panel, the complete blood count. We look at homocysteine, full thyroid panel, lipid panel, iron panel, um, and B12 and D3. So that's that's a really going to give us a good idea of different pathways in the body. And we run genetics because alone genetics doesn't tell us the full picture. We need the blood work and the organic acids test to show us what marker, what, what genes are on and what genes aren't on. All right. Awesome. Well, tell listeners how they can get a copy of your book and all of the different classes and courses you offer. Yeah. So you can actually get a free copy, a free paperback copy of my book at gethealyourself.com. Right now, I'm still taking on a very limited number of clients, right? My focus is my integrative healing academy, where I'm training people to do what I do and then teaching them how to take this passion for helping other people heal naturally and turn it into a really successful six-figure business. So that's where my, um, my energy and my passion and my focus is right now, but right now I'm still taking on uh, a few clients and you can find out about that at sgintegrativehealing.com. Awesome. Well, you guys stay tuned. We've got another episode coming up in a few and don't forget, send your questions to questions at chantelrayway.com. We hope to hear from you soon.
Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at chantelrayway.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.